Welcome to the Navigating Design and Manufacturing Podcast, powered by AirMed Medical Devices. Listen as host Justin Starbird talks to experts from AirMed about topics relating to design, engineering, manufacturing, assembly, and packaging of medical devices. Air is the Norse goddess of healing and is commonly associated with medical skill. She was regarded as a forge goddess who helped by creating useful and artistic objects instead of weapons. Many who suffered from sickness would climb the mountain on which she resided, and when they returned, they came back healed of all ailments affecting them. Air Med harnesses this spirit of creativity and artistry and their expertise to integrate with the development of devices designed to improve patients' lives. Air Med's diverse experience and knowledge enables the development and manufacturing of advanced medical devices across many markets. You're listening to the Navigating Design and Manufacturing Podcast. Welcome back to Navigating Design and Manufacturing, a podcast powered by AirMed. My name is Justin Starbird, and for the third time, we have Tanner Teasdale back with us today, automation uh, engineer for AirMed, and uh, Rick Curtis, president of AirMed. Guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having us again. Thank you, Justin. You know, automation is such a neat topic, right? It, it's, um, you know, for some folks, it's it's uh, controversial. You know, the insinuation always is that, um, you know, you're going to take jobs away or, you know, but, but truth, you know, truly automation is there to protect us all. You know, Tanner, previously you told us about how it actually protects the workers and how you're looking out for some of their best interests and keeping them safe. You know, Rick, mm-hmm. you've talked about, you know, the investment and, and uh, the return on investment and how, um, you know, companies benefit, you know, from having automation and then being able to redeploy those skilled, you know, workers, um, you know, in, in different places. But, you know, really it comes down to, uh, you know, asking a question to you guys and that's, you know, why, you know, automate processes? I mean, you know, those are some of the things that we've touched on, but, you know, Tanner, you know, tell me, tell me why we would automate some of these projects. Sure. So automation, uh, big key is it produces more consistent and high quality parts um, at lower costs. Um, again, as you touched on, it relieves you know operators um, away from repetitive and less ergonomic jobs and allows them to uh, re- be redeployed at uh, a, a better suited job for humans. Um, speed of manufacturing, you know, it's a bonus and it's you know something we see almost always when we automate. Uh, these machines, they just can move faster. So increasing quality production rate. Um, it's its just everything adds up and it just makes sense to automate certain processes. Hey, do you ever, now this, you know, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but, you know, uh, being the an, uh, antagonist that I am sometimes, um, you know, do you ever uh, suggest to a potential customer or client to not automate something? You know, there have been a couple instances where a quality inspection has been required and the the profile or the geometry of the part is incredibly complex. Um, While it is fully, I mean, we we can automate it. That's not a question. But the investment to get the the proper equipment to do so is just, the price tag is astronomical. So I think, you know, when we have customers that bring in uh, low volume, um, they, they want us to produce, say, a thousand parts a year, but the inspection is going to cost, you know, well over a million dollars for the lighting and imaging systems. I don't recommend it. 
if they want to, I'm, I'm all for it. I would absolutely love the opportunity to set up a system and create, you know, perfect imaging of the park. But there are instances where it just, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Rick, you know, when you look at uh, or evaluate potential projects, you know, at what point do you determine uh, that you're going to dedicate equipment to something or, you know, uh, you know, does it become a difficult, a difficult conversation when you go back to the customer and say, hey, we need you to, in addition to our services and fees and, and costs, uh, we need you to also make an investment. How, how does that, um, how does that happen? It, it really depends upon, uh, it starts with it is the application, is the process that we're automating, is it a customized process that's very specific to this customer and this product or, or part that we're making for them? And if the answer to that's yes, um, then we're gonna be more interested in having the customer uh, making the investment or at a minimum participating in the investment. But if it's a process um, that, um, is might be uh, potentially utilized by um, other uh, parts that we manufacture or other where we can we can utilize that in other places um, then we'll be more open and receptive to at least participating or making that investment um, to, to have multiple programs get the benefit out of the uh, out of the automation. In what capabilities does an automation, you know, project need, um, or you know, what what capabilities does uh, you know does the output need to produce in order for you decide to be able to move forward with it, or you know, what are how does that question get answered, Tanner? Um, so the capabilities, what we require out of a machine is repeatable producing high quality parts reliably you know those are the three big key areas again speed is it's a bonus um and we almost always see it when we automate a process but really it comes down to the quality of the part if we're not making you know if we're making 99 good parts and one bad part um either we need to catch that or we need to figure out a process that can make sure that we have you know 100 out of 100 part quality is number one we need to send out good parts or we're not going to have customers. So that is our very first priority. So again, equipment, um, just having the, the high repeatability. Not to put you on the spot there, but um, mm -hmm. is there an acceptable error percentage? Or, I mean, we're always striving for, you know, 100% accuracy, but is there, you know, something that um, that is okay? I mean, you know, I always, I always wonder that, you know, when I'm, you know, uh, opening a new package or, you know, can see that, whatever I'm using is in a case that was, you know, clearly produced um, in a similar environment, you know, what's their percentage? That really comes down to our customer specifications. If they allow us, you know, X amount of flash on a part or the gate needs to be clipped within, you know, five thou of the body, then that is acceptable in the customer's eyes. That's acceptable in our eyes. Um, we do everything possible not to deviate from their requests. So if it's not good in their eyes, it's not good in our eyes. We're not gonna produce the product and ship it out. And we make sure we have safety factors built in between what their requirement is and what we are um, targeting to produce too, so that um, we've got kind of a, 
uh, a buffer zone built in, even though what we're what we're targeting to build versus what the requirement is. Can you uh, give an example of you know some custom automation that's been dedicated that that you've completed? Yeah, um, we have a cell that uh, removes parts from the press and processes them. Um, a fairly complex process, uh, fully automated. So we're producing a part, we need to apply uh, a type of coating to a lens. So we have a, a FANUC um, LR mate robot pulling the parts out of the press with a custom end effector or end of bump tooling. Um, it puts the, the part through a cooling cycle um, with air blast and a few other devices in there as well, uh, presents the part to um, a device for applying uh, a thin film of this coating process. Um, that film has to rest for a few seconds before it goes to an ultraviolet curing station um, to cure the material. Um, and then a slight, uh, slightly longer cooling delay um, goes through a quality inspection to ensure that we have proper coating on the surface that we're looking for, and then pushes them out um, to operators to be packaged. So it's it's an incredible cell to watch. It's, it's quick um, and it's something that I don't think would be possible to be done by hand. Um, just the accuracy, the precision, the repeatability of using robotics in this application is, it's been phenomenal. And we produce a you know, near perfect part every single time. And that cell is also in a cooking environment. It's also in a, in a, what kind of environment? Clean room environment. It's got its own dedicated HEPA filter uh, system that's, that's on the, the cell. Do you it is certified to a class seven cleaner. Yep. Do you ever just sit back and be like, man, that's cool. We just did that. Yeah. Um, after the, the long struggles of producing a cell programming troubleshooting and we finally get it running. That's a, it's a great feeling to get every time you step back and watch the machine take off and produce quality parts that, you know, oftentimes crazy rates, they move quick. So it's, it's great. Well, you know, what capability does AirMed have, you know, to develop or even implement an automation process? Sure. Um, so we kind of do, we have capabilities of going from start to finish from the design, revising design as per, you know, customer requests. Um, and then we can actually take these things and we can animate them in SolidWorks. Um, to create, you know, a 3D visualization of this is what we're going to build. This is how it's going to work. Um, from there, we can fabricate um, components in-house in our machine shop, um, whether it be custom one-off parts or aluminum extrusion assemblies. Um, once we have the machine, you know, fairly assembled, um, we have capability of full wiring, um, IoT, Programming, uh, whether it be a ladder logic, function block, structured text, etc., uh, motion control, uh, we can do you know quite a bit in house through many different uh, manufacturers and vendors such as Allen Bradley, Proface, uh, Coyoclex, BRX, Cole Morgan. The list goes on. A lot of uh, the big name industrial control guys we have quite a bit of experience with. So pretty much, if you have an idea or you need a machine built, there's a very good chance that we can point you in the right direction and get that created. Well, you know, to that end, Rick, what does a, you know, partnership arrangement really look like? 
Yeah, it, it really depends upon the, the goals of the customer. If, if for the example that like Tanner described, uh, for custom applications where the, the customer wants to only have the equipment used on their program, um, then typically we'd be looking for them to be making the investment. Um, if it's an application where the automation equipment may be able to be utilized in, in multiple programs, um, there may be a sharing of the um, of the investment or AirMed may make the investment in, in those situations. And then um, it just gets factored into uh, some of the piece part pricing is the way we get our return back out of that then. So um, we're really happy to to structure it either way so that our, our customers, um, you know, have a better part and a more cost-effective part in the end. And that's, that's really the end goal is to help that customer be successful with their product in the marketplace. And when they win, we win. Well, it sounds like a great reason to work with AirMed as well. Is is there anything else that, you know, folks should start asking themselves as it relates to, you know, automation and and, uh, and any questions they should kind of start thinking about in terms of like uh, checkboxing, you know, when they know they need a, a new partner or, you know, move it from, from where they are? You know, a lot of companies we're seeing, um, we talked a little bit about earlier, um, companies that have moved programs um, offshore to other places for um, labor reasons. And usually those are um, programs that have a lot of uh, repetitive activities in them. Those are, are very um, high, I would say high likelihood or um, real good candidates for um, automation. And to be able to to pull that same kind of cost out of it, but without having to send your parts around the world um, and just have them made in the United States, um, where the, the timing and the, the time to, to, to market can be a lot faster. And then from your role, you know, Tanner, um, what it makes it exciting for you to, to work with these um, customers and, and new partners? You know, really, it's the diversity of the parts that we see come through here. It's not the same thing every day. So being able to take a fresh look at different uh, processes, different part geometries, how are we going to handle this thing, how are we going to move it, et cetera. Um, it's, it's really exciting to, you know, start from, you know, nothing and work with the customer back and forth, uh, designing, iterating this machine uh, all the way up to the final stages of building and assembly and then being able to fire it up and know that that was a collaboration between us and the customer and we were able to produce you know a machine that complies with both of our standards and it's it's there and it's functioning so that's it's really neat to see yeah i bet i'm, I'm sure they they think similarly and say holy smokes this was an idea you know on a napkin you know, just a short while ago. And, and here we have, you know, millions of dollars worth of machinery <laughs> bringing it coming and bringing it to life. And so, you know, it's really neat to, to see the um, uh, success you've had, the diversity of customers that you have today, and uh, to learn so much more about automation. 
So, you know, with that, Rick, Tanner, you know, thank you so much for um, joining me on this uh, series uh, related to automation with Airmit. I appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. All right. You've been listening to the latest episode of Navigating Design and Manufacturing, a podcast powered by Airmed. My name is Justin Starbird, and I can't wait until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Navigating Design and Manufacturing with host Justin Starbird. To listen to more episodes of this podcast, go to airmed-devices.com. That's airmed-devices.com. Be sure to share on LinkedIn and Twitter to help folks just like you learn more about the world of design and manufacturing. On behalf of the team at AirMed, Goddess Air, and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening.